0: Welcome back to the Shred Takes podcast show. I'm your host, Michael Shredder, and I'm really glad to have you guys back on the show. Today, I'm going to be really excited and really have the great privilege of having Soha Basu on my show again. I had him back in the summer where we talked about his track season and his past success at Bentley University, which is a Division II school up in Boston. He has a really unique story, so check that episode out. If you haven't seen anything with him in it, it's really good. And I promise you, you'll definitely enjoy it. If you missed last episode, that was with Bernie White, Amherst men's soccer goalie. He's going to be a rising junior next year. He had an incredible sophomore season when there wasn't COVID, obviously, infiltrating the canceled season that they had this year. But we talked a little bit about Premier League soccer, what he's looking to improve on, the differences between how soccer in the Premier League is run versus how the NBA is run in terms of it being more about management and players. It's a great conversation. I really encourage you guys to check that one out as well to get some more information and about the show and also just watch a good quality episode. Now on this podcast, I'm going to break down a few things with Soham just so you guys have an understanding of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the New York Knicks success right now. the New York Knicks are the seventh seed in the East have the third-ranked defense in the NBA in terms of defensive efficiency. They're number one in points allowed in defense. So they're doing an incredible job under Tom Thibodeau in developing young talent. And Joyce Randall's playing at an all-star level. He better get a reserve spot. He's playing unbelievable. The second thing we're going to talk about is the Carson Wentz trade. I haven't really broken that down yet as we we get into this program. Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. And it's basically a reunion between him and Frank Reich and I think it's a great pickup for them because I think it's going to revitalize Carson Wentz. And do I think it's going to be an MVP candidate? No, but I think it will definitely turn his career around in the positive direction. We're also going to break down our best teams in the NBA. So just to give you guys a little bit of a preview of that, my top 10 teams are Utah at one, Brooklyn at two. Number three, probably put the Lakers because I think when they're fully healthy, They're the third best team in the NBA, but currently probably the Clippers are better. So if you're going current, I probably say Clippers, but overall the Lakers are better. Then I'll go Clippers, Philadelphia. I'd probably go Phoenix, Portland. I would probably go Denver, Golden State, and Milwaukee. So my rankings for last week were a little different, a little different because I put Boston in the rankings instead of Golden State, and I dropped Milwaukee to ten. The reason being Milwaukee, I simply just don't think it's a very good team. And Golden State is playing at a pretty good level right now. They're in playoff contention in a much more difficult Western conference. And I think that's all because of Stephen Curry. So right now, I think they're the eighth, sorry, they're the 10th best team. So I think they have more capability than a team like San Antonio, who has a better record. But I don't really think San Antonio is as legit as people think they are. Um, They might make the playoffs, but I think they're going to get bounced in the first round. So that's my rankings for right now. I have Golden State in my top 10. And I have San Antonio on the cusp of getting the top 10, depending on how Milwaukee plays this next week. But I'll start doing that on my show going forward, is a top 10 ranking of the NBA teams. So like I said, he'll be on uh, at the top of the hour. So it'll be really exciting to see him on and talk a little bit about these things with him. But the fourth thing we're going to talk about is, is his upcoming season at Bentley, how he's been preparing, how COVID's affected everything for him and how he's still managing to stay positive, stay active and look to have a good season. So this is going to be a really exciting episode for you guys. Again, if you like what you're seeing, leave comments on and good reviews on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube for that matter. Cause I post clips up from the show on that. I really would appreciate that from you guys as is, I think this would really help definitely expand this podcast a little bit more and get a little bit more help me figure out what I need to do better as your host for this show so definitely let me know what you think of the topics what you think of what we're talking about on this podcast the guests I'm bringing on what we talk about the guests if you want to be a guest all that kind of stuff so that's kind of the gist for a little bit of the intro like I said in a little bit we're going to have Soham Basu on the show But let's break down something quickly. The Lakers last night lost to the Wizards. And everyone's throwing going to panic mode, right? This is what happens. The Lakers lose Anthony Davis. They lose three games. Everyone's in panic mode. And they play Utah on Wednesday, which I don't really see them winning that game either. But the big problem with their team is they don't have a ton of talent. And LeBron is playing too loosey-goosey with the ball. If you're going to win games, if you're going to be a championship-level team, LeBron's going to have to play a little bit better urgency down the stretch. and Again, he has to be able to deliver all the time because he's LeBron James. Whether that's fair or not fair, I don't think it's necessarily fair, but he's LeBron James, and the media looks at him in that direction. They say, what are you going to look at when if you're LeBron James in terms of his clutchness? Is he actually clutch? And there's so many people that think he's not, even though he's proven it time and time again. Last night was not a good showing for him in that regard, missing free throws, turnovers, bad threes late. But I think the Lakers don't need to hit the panic button yet, but I do think they need to start making some moves in their roster a little bit. I think they may have to get rid of certain pieces because right now they're not a good three-point shooting team. But I don't think you need to panic and completely blow everything up. Again, the role players just need to figure out what, where they belong. And maybe that's making a few moves, sure. I, I think that they, they could do that. But I think that really, even if they make those moves, they, they should make small moves. They don't even make a giant move in order to get – a superstar into Los Angeles right now. I, I think with Anthony Davis and LeBron and Dennis Schroeder, they should be perfectly fine to win a championship. But with LeBron and Montrezl Harrell playing in the game, again, those are only are two scores that can do an effective thing on the court for you. And Montrezl Harrell is not a great defender. So that's kind of how I feel with the Lakers right now, is that without Anthony Davis, they have big holes in their front court. I think JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard were bigger losses for them. And that's kind of how I feel about it. But again, at the top of the hour, we will have Soham Basu join the show, Bentley cross cut, sorry, Brentley track runner, and he's had a great success in his first three years at Bentley. And I, I, if you, again, if you have not checked out the first episode I had with him where he breaks that down, I highly encourage you guys to do that because you'll definitely learn a lot from his story about his determination to get to where he is. And that will help, I think, inspire a lot of athletes who are on that same path now especially in high school and college who are looking to find their motivation during at least this COVID time. And that's kind of how I feel about it. So when we come back up on next, I will have Sohan Basu on the show and we will talk some NBA, NFL and his journey at Bentley. Thank you guys. So welcome back to the Shred Takes podcast show. So I am honored to welcome back Sohan Basu, a good friend of mine, lives in my neighborhood, runs track at Bentley University Division II. Again, I did an episode with him in the past. And if you guys didn't check, check that, you guys should. It was a great episode. You, I learned a lot from him. But he, you know, he, he uh, messaged me recently that he wanted to talk some NBA and NFL as well as his uh, season at Bentley. So we're going to jump right into it. New York Knicks, um, I've been really, really impressed by what they've done this year. Uh, Thibodeau has really had the guys buy into his system. Joyce Randall playing at an all-star level. I wanted to ask you, what do you think has been the major keys for why the Knicks are right now seventh in the East, as opposed to being a laughingstock in the NBA?
1: Yes. Well, love to talk about the Knicks, of course. Um, yeah. Mike, thanks for having me on. Um, but uh, yeah, with Tom Thibodeau, It just shows uh, what a great coach can do. Um, He's done it with the Bulls. He's done it with the Timberwolves and the Knicks. I'm I'm not surprised how how they're doing, but um, it'll be tough for them to maintain this kind of playoff position. I don't know if they have the talent. Their coach is bringing out the best in them for sure. And Julius Randle, he's a great player. I think he's an all-star level player probably this year. And Knicks have some great young players. And I, I love the way they're playing on defense. I think they're the number one rated defense in the NBA right now. So it shows what a great coach can do. And I that's a thing that can apply in all sports, uh, how one coach in one year and like few games can lift a team.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the one thing I was thinking about too is just the one thing with, with New York sports recently is it's kind of been the Brooklyn lore, right? Of the NBA, right? Brooklyn's been the more... Successful team recently and that kind of stuff. But do you so I, I think one thing that's differentiating the Knicks right now is they're building by their youth, right? They're they're they got a good coach and then they got a lot of young players coming in. Do you think that do you think that they can continue the success going? Do you think that they are a playoff team or do you think, and eh, they're gonna crumble at some point and not make the playoffs? I think they're a playoff team. I think they're gonna be a seventh race seed in the East because the East is that bad. But um, I wanted to hear your opinion on that.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, it's tough for me because I'm a Knicks fan, so I, I'm going to give a bias, slightly biased take no matter what. But uh, I, I do feel like just with Tom Thibodeau, the culture has changed. Like this year versus when they've had the previous coaches, like I, I remember Hornacek and Woodson. Woodson, we, we had some good years in 2012. We had that great team that was number two in the East. But um, I think this year especially with the Eastern Conference, they have the expanded playoffs this year going up to the 10th seed. I don't think it'll be that much of a problem for the Knicks to make it the way they're playing right now. And I think it really shows by the way they play the the tough teams. And they don't treat, they don't underestimate any of their opponents. So I saw the last game yesterday was um, against the Timberwolves. They're, they're the worst team in the NBA. The Timberwolves were are coming back and they were still able to, pulled the win, So I think that shows the character of a playoff team for sure.
0: Shifting over to the NFL, uh, you probably saw Carson Wentz is now a member of the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's interesting. I think from my perspective, Carson Wentz can definitely revitalize his career because Frank Wright um, is, it had great success with him in Philadelphia. Um, and obviously the media all thinks he's trash and that, that that's, that's, true based on last year I'm wondering your initial thoughts on that and kind of where you see uh his success going in Indianapolis
1: yeah I mean I was a big fan of uh Carson Wentz I think the year he was on that MVP kind of run and with uh with this trade now in the Colts it's a great situation for him I mean they have like one of the best offensive lines They, I think they had the number one defense last year so um, he's, he's got the keys or for success. It's up to him whether he lives up to that. The, the Eagles were a great team, I mean, last few years. They had a lot of injuries last year, so it's tough to gauge where he's at. But um, personally, if I had to give my opinion, I don't think he's gonna do that well. I, I mean, I think that they still had a pretty good team last year and they weren't able to do that well. I, I don't think, uh, he hasn't been really able to stay on the field and with the injuries and stuff, I I just don't see it happening, but it's possible for sure with the situation.
0: Yeah, for sure. So one thing I I, I was thinking about, so I've given my top 10 list of the best teams in the NBA, but I'll just give you my top five and we can just kind of go based on that, what you kind of think of it. So I got Utah at one, Brooklyn two, the Lakers at three, Clippers at four, and the 76ers at five. Then I got Phoenix, Portland, Denver, Golden State, Milwaukee kind of mixing that top 10. Um, reason I have Golden State in the top 10 is just because I think that you know, the Spurs are sixth in the West. I don't think the Spurs are that legit. I think the Spurs are just having a nice little run right now. Um, I think Seth Curry is obviously an MVP candidate. So that's kind of how I feel there. But I think Utah is the best team in the NBA. Great defense. And uh, right now they're playing the, the most unselfish. Um, I think Brooklyn has the chance definitely to be that team. But Brooklyn's guys show more consistency on the defensive end. Your thoughts and kind of who you think the best team in the NBA is at this moment.
1: So I think it's the nets. Um, I, I support both the New York teams. So like I said before, a little bit biased, but I think the, that big three is just so good with Harden, Duran and Kyrie. And they, I think they will figure it out on the defensive end. That's the only doubt that people are really talking about, but Like we saw, I think, with the Phoenix game last week when they were down by 24, they didn't have Kyrie or Duran and then Harden was able to bring them back. So when they get their whole big three fully healthy, I think the the sky is a limit for them. But I I love to hear from you uh, why you think Utah is the best team. I know they're, they're the best record right now, but I'd love to hear more about that.
0: I, I think it's just because I trust them more on defense and they have more depth. Um, with Brooklyn, they have three of the best scores in the NBA, right? You could put LeBron, obviously, in, in, in that list as well because LeBron, in my opinion, is still the best player in the NBA. But the thing with Utah is Utah has the ability to rebound, which Brooklyn struggles with a lot because they have Bogdanovich, who's big. They have Rudy Gobert, who's a monster down low and can block any shot. And also, you again, you have guys like Joe Ingles, who averaged 12 points a game, good shooter. You got a bunch, Jordan Clarkson's having a career year. Donovan Mitchell's playing at a, you know, all-time great level. And the thing with Brooklyn personally is like, even against the Clippers, um, I know that they got away with that flopping call. I'm not really too angry about it, but um, it just like, again, like that was not, that wasn't great defense. I I know everyone's crediting hard. It wasn't great defense. Um, I think Brooklyn, the thing is from a talent perspective, I think they're the most talented team in the NBA, hands down. But I like Utah because Utah right now, there hasn't been any glitches. And right now their offense and defense are both top five in the NBA. And I just think that they're a sleeper. I I really don't think people appreciate how good they are. And I think that they're going to actually be a Western conference final contender. And I think they they could uh, definitely get out of the West if they continue this up, but that's where I feel right now. Do I think Brooklyn will end up probably being the best team with the Lakers at the end? Yes. But I think that there's a, I think right now Utah is playing the best in the NBA. That's just my personal feeling.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I totally agree with you about the depth piece. I think in the playoffs, if they if they can sneak into that Western Conference final spot, they have um, Jordan Clarkson is, I think, the frontrunner for sixth man of the year right now. So the depth will be a big question mark for Brooklyn. I think the star prep power will – supersede that. I think in the NBA, especially, it's just when you have those guys, it's a different thing. And I think the the Nets depth is a little bit underestimated. With They, they got some good players like Landry Shaman and uh, I think Brown is a pretty good player. They picked up uh, Iman Shumpert and Andre Roberson. So they added a little bit more to defense. Those are more experienced guys, but uh, we'll, we'll see how the rebounding and kind of those like intangible pieces uh, play in for Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Now getting away from all that, um, I obviously look, you're at, you're at school, uh, competing in a very interesting circumstance. I'll say for sure with all this stuff going on, talk a little bit about your season right now, what you've been doing to prepare, how COVID has kind of affected all that kind of stuff and how you've kept your confidence slash your workout, um, I guess, regimen during this tough times for sure.
1: Yeah. So um, I think we, we've got some pretty good news recently for our conference about uh, we're, we're going to have some meets uh, in mid April and then going into the beginning of May. So, really looking forward to that. And it's, uh, I, I've been training since uh, the summer, like I told you last time I was on the podcast, but uh, I tried to keep that up. I had a kind of an injury in between that like a little like a calf Achilles injury I had to go to physical therapy and stuff so that was a little bit tough but that's been my only kind of bad luck with running Uh, I I love running and it's uh it's tough when you run all those miles the injuries do creep up here and there but uh yeah I'm just right now currently I'm just trying to build back up my mileage uh as a cross-country runner it's just trying to build up the stamina get ready for those long distance races. And, and most likely when I, I was talking to my coach a little bit last time, uh, a few practices ago, I might be running some uh, shorter races than I usually do. I usually run like 5k races and I might be doing closer to a mile. So I, I, I love the new challenge. Uh, obviously sometimes when you run, when you're in the middle of that 5,000 meter race, you're like, why, why did I choose this? Why am I not an 800 meter runner? But, uh, I'm looking forward to the new challenges coming up.
0: How, so explain for people how, how uh, the training is different. Cause I know with at least a short distance race, you're going to have to have at least more speed on you. Right. As I mean, I look, I obviously know for a 5k race, you gotta be fast regardless, but that's more about stamina than as, as opposed to speed with a one mile race, or at least even sprints. So just explain kind of how your training regimens changed a little bit, as the coaches kind of brought that new idea up for you,
1: yeah, sure. So um, when when I talk to my coach, it's like I said, I was I'm coming back from that injury, so I don't want to build up my mileage back too quickly because then I don't want to re-injure myself again. So it's right now we we kind of decided, and I, I I always think it's best to listen to my coach about this because he knows more than me. So we were saying that. Uh, just trying to like you said, Mike, like building up the speed and stuff in those, uh, like when we have speed workouts rather than uh going for those like really long runs that I go for. Like last uh last semester, I was going for like 15 mile runs every Sunday. I don't think I'm gonna be doing that just yet, but uh, right now with like the speed and stuff, when we'll try to get the snow off the track, do a lot of uh like speed strides and like 200 meter or 800 meter repeats, stuff like that, just to get that, that speed up for those uh, shorter distance races.
0: Yeah, no, that, 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 that's definitely exciting, but um, you know, talk again a little bit for people who don't understand like how competitive the NE10 is. And even when you have these races in April, talk a little bit about kind of just that feeling of like, I get to go back and compete against, you know, obviously I know you go against other schools. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like that just great competition you have there.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the any 10 it's, it's a very competitive uh, conference. Um, I would say like, there's a lot of schools, like the first one that comes to my mind is like AIC. They, they recruit, uh, I think runners from like Kenya and stuff. So they, they got some of the best talent out there in the world and, it's, it's like an honor to compete with schools like that. And it definitely motivates me and my whole team to like keep training pretty hard so that we can compete with them. And uh, yeah, and then in terms of track as a whole, um, when, it, when it comes to like indoor meets and outdoor meets, we sometimes compete with like division one schools, division three schools. So we're, we're facing the top competition no matter what. And with track, it's um, if you have the time, you're gonna be able to compete with anybody. There's no like objective way you can compare the skills. If you have the time, you, you have the time and you're either faster than the person that's next to you or you're not. So that's a big motivator too. And it's pretty unique to track as well.
0: Speaking with a bunch of athletes at Amherst and just around, right? COVID has been difficult for everyone. Everyone acknowledges that because there's always uncertainty about the season. Like my season got canceled. Your season starting in April, right? So if you touched on this a little bit, I want you to touch on a little bit more, just kind of how you stayed stayed motivated, right? Because it's hard for a lot of people to stay motivated when you're sitting in your house or sitting in your dorm with a lot of uncertainty going on and you don't really know if you're gonna have a season or what it's gonna be like. So talk a little bit about that because that that's definitely not easy for anyone to do.
1: Yeah, so I think my biggest motivation this year was um I was lucky enough that my, my coaches and my teammates, they, they named me the captain uh, this year. And it, it was, I've come, I feel like a long way from my sophomore year when I joined the team as a walk-on and then coming to this point, it, it feels really nice. And I've always tried to kind of be a good example for my younger teammates. And, and I've always kind of said, told myself and I've said to my teammates, like, just kind of treat this year just like any other year. And, um pretend like that there's we, we got a race next week just keep going keep uh training hard because even the training you might not feel it right now but the hard work you put in now it, it will pay off and and it does show in cross country for sure with the because you can't just go into a race uh with the stamina takes months if, and weeks to build up and the endurance and stuff so um, if you're not ready, it'll show in the race. And um, I, that's been uh, my biggest motivator with my team. And it's been also a big challenge at the same time as well.
0: Well, I want to thank you again for coming on and just, you know, talking about a few topics with me. Obviously it's always fun hearing about what you're doing up at Bentley, because, um, you know, the, definitely the grind of, cross country slash track running is real and I've seen it definitely from where I stand at Amherst College my first two years being there at least so thank you again for coming on and uh, wish you the best of everything buddy and let's uh let's definitely stay in touch and let me know how the season's going for you
1: sounds good sounds good thanks for having me Mike